Hello, you're listening to the Voice Over Hour podcast, season two, with special sponsors, Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, some more, some less. I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Today, I've got a very special guest for you. It is the incredible Elaine Clark. Now, Elaine is a voice actor, coach, producer, casting director, director, author, and so much more. She's been in the business for over 40 years. She has a couple of incredible books out there too, uh, including There's Money Where Your Mouth Is and Voiceovers for Podcasting. She also has some apps uh, which are Activate Your Voice and Adding Melody to Your Voice, as well as a very popular podcast series, Real Talking Tips. Welcome, Elaine. Hello. Hello. Great to have you on the voiceover hour. Yes, we're on the other side of the pond. We are. You're over in in San Francisco and I'm here in London. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm thrilled. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. It's yes, it's really good. Um, so yeah, so tell us how you've been in the industry for I mean over forty years, which is pretty incredible. Um, how did you get into the industry? Oh well, I was a theater major in college and yeah. moved to San Francisco. Started getting theater jobs that weren't paying very much. Then I saw a little ad in the San Francisco Chronicle about voiceovers. So mm. I went, let me try this out. So I took this class. There are about, you know, eight or 10 people in it. And I went, oh my goodness, you mean I just read? And then they give me money. So <laughs> within like six months, I had a demo. At that time, it was real to real. And I walked it around. And then I also had a degree in education. So then that one person said, will you start teaching for me? So I, it was like my voiceover career and my teaching uh, 
uh, and coaching voiceovers have al almost been simultaneous <laughs> as mm. I was going through it. And so I, um, you know, I started a voiceover school in 1986, and, uh, and I sold that after 32 years. Mm. But in the 90s, uh, some someone kept asking me, how do you get into this? I mean, they've been asking me that my whole career. So yeah. I wrote the first edition of There's Money Where Your Mouth Is, a complete insider's guide to earning income and building a career in voiceovers. And then um, skip forward to where we are right now. And uh, my publisher then said, uh, we think that you're the right person to write a new book that's called Voiceovers for Podcasting, How to Develop a Career and Make a Profit. Mm. So this is also how we connected. Again, we've known each other yes. for a while, yeah. but uh, through a, uh, one of your contacts who I interviewed in the book. Yes, so it's, yes. It's an interesting thing. And then also the, what I have with the, the apps, uh, I always found that people were, um, you know, having trouble with breath support. So the app is about getting louder at the end of a sentence or a phrase or a word and also about building your resonance, your articulation, your enunciation. So that's just a five-minute exercise. It only costs 99 cents U.S., dollars Fabulous. or cents pennies and then the other one is adding melody to your voice which i have in my book the uh word emphasis chart which is all about putting a dot or a squiggle or a line or a carrot up or down to to the words so i created an app that has a video and then shows how to use specific gestures because mm -hmm. one of the things i found in and growing this business is people go that was brilliant and i didn't know what i had done yeah. so by Finding a system that I could either just point or do jazz hands or sh shrug my shoulders or nod my head, it then gave me the power to recreate those situations rather than just hoping and praying that that would actually happen. So now, I mean, this year, I started the Real Talking Tips because I realized that so many people said with that tip or that one thing that's in the book or the apps, uh, how can I do that better? So it's just like a five-minute micro-learning lesson on various parts of, of voice and speech that people can use not just in voiceovers but their whole life. So it's really about communication, and that's what I consider myself, a communication coach, not just a voiceover coach. So tell us about kind of the changes that you've seen in the industry over, over the years. Well, besides starting with my real to real and that's spelled yeah. with two E's, um, and then going to to uh, cassette, and then to DVD, and to and and then of course to MP3 and the cloud and all sorts of other stuff. The technology boom right now is off the charts, mm. and I feel like every day I'm finding a new technology or new way to go about things. I mean, I just finished. Uh, I was speaking at Voiceover Atlanta. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and now I'm uh, last week I was uh, at uh, Podfest and giving a, a talk there, and you know it's then it's about SEO and all different other technology that and ways of getting ourselves out there. So mm. before, I just took my little reel to reel, walked over to different um, production houses and advertising agencies, knocked on the door. Someone came out, uh, the receptionist was out there. I'd say, can I talk to the producer? They'd walk out, I'd hand them my reel. And then, you know, a few weeks later I get a job. So that's how things developed because there weren't that many people doing it at that time. It was still kind of a secret business. Yeah. And people kept saying, why don't you do on camera? I was like, but this voiceover thing is great. 
So you just read and you don't have to memorize. You don't have to worry about your hair and your clothing. <laughs> you just have to have a quiet space. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that's awesome. the biggest, um, I think the biggest change is just the technology. Um, yeah. And then I think a lot of people are getting into the business uh, because of um, the pandemic and, and working from home, but yeah. not just in voiceovers, but in, uh, the podcasting uh, is really taking off. And mm-hmm. that's also helping voice actors who don't necessarily want a podcast, but they want to do the intros or outros or the bumpers or or some of the ads that are in between. Yeah. Because really, this we've been working on having it sound real, more real every single year, mm-hmm. it seems like. But then if we have a listening experience where people are plugged in with headphones or earbuds, they don't want to be jarred out of that that music or that podcast. So the old-fashioned way that was in, let's say, the the 80s doesn't work unless it's like a mock announcer. So mm-hmm. it's really about how do you how do you make a soundscape? How can you just take someone on a journey? Or yeah. um, or how can it just be real casual and not be silly? So yeah. these testimonials shouldn't show any um, any bit of um, sell in it whatsoever yeah so that's a big thing yeah yeah absolutely because it is that thing you know in terms of the the podcast industry is just going nuts right now and and to know that there is there's a place for voiceover artists to come and get in on the action in the voiceover in the podcasting world um which is quite exciting so um yeah so tell tell us more about the book okay well uh I went about the book kind of uh, backwards. Most people put on a podcast and then write a book. I, my publisher said, you know stuff about uh, voiceovers and creativity. Why don't you write the book? So I said, okay. And I did like 100 hours of research on it to find out what was going on. And also having been a business owner for many, many years um, and what works, and I'm very efficient in how I go about things, I thought, well, I want to write a book that's creative and efficient so that when someone looks at it, they go, okay, um, what should I do or what should I not do? So I did it from the perspective of if I was the audience, what would I want? So it's, you know, just to go through the different uh, chapters, I have like podcast styles. And so what I did with that is not just list the styles, but also said, here are the positives. If you're doing a single person podcast versus a co-host or an interview or um, uh, a roundtable discussion or a field journalist or whatever the, the type it is, I, I wrote, what, do you, what would I think would be the positives and what would be the negatives? And so with each of those, I give like four or five points of of what you can expect that will be good and other things that might be a challenge. Mm. So that's, uh, I don't think other people have done that in a, uh, in a podcast book. And then yeah. I, I also came from a background of do, uh, working at an advertising agency and also doing um, radio and media uh, buying and selling. Mm-hmm. So I, during that time, I realized that there are horizontal versus uh, vertical approaches. A horizontal approach means that if it's a rock and roll station, it's all different artists playing rock and roll. And it might talk about concerts and other things that go with that that rock star. 
But a vertical format is more like talk radio, where it might go from sports to politics to news to weather. And so it has different segments in it. So Mm -hmm. it's still the same station, but you can tune in at a very specific time to get what you what you want. So some people, when they're setting up a podcast, need to think, is this a horizontal or a vertical format? So which one works best for you? And then I have a whole bunch of different styles that are listed there and and how to go about that. And then I have different, um, uh, I'm turning the book if you hear some page turns, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how to deal with the voice and, and how to use the word emphasis chart that I was talking mm-hmm. about before yeah. and putting it in your body. And then I wrote uh, a chapter on pitfalls, problems, and people, because as you're building your business, which... Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's, it's straight voiceovers or whether it's podcasting and voiceovers or whatever yeah. it is, uh, the bigger it is, the more people you're going to be dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so I just wrote a chapter on pitfalls, problems, and people. And, you know, when I coach a lot of podcasters, and this is a lot of how this came about as well as being interviewed, I, I just uh, almost everyone said, oh, I had this one partner, but... Uh, I thought it was going to be 50-50, but it ended up being 30-70. Or I had this other thing, but that realized that that, pers- that wasn't their strength, but they could mm-hmm. do this other thing. So it's really about how can you take those issues, how can you recognize the issues, and then turn them into a positive or realign uh, what the job descriptions are. So I've worked with a lot of podcasters and a lot of business people over the years on those sort of, mm-hmm. sort of things. And so then it's about you know p- the performance technique and also just so many different uh, ways that you can record the voice and interviews and pre and post production. How about hosting and posting and publishing? There's, <laughs> when I got into it, into my own um, Real Talking Tips podcast, I said, first of yeah. all, I want it to be a vidcast on YouTube as well as on as an audio. So mm-hmm. I, I put it on Lipson, which then connects it to a bunch of other directories. And then, but now you have the the video, which is a, its whole animal, and the audio, which is its whole animal, you know, the, and then creating the, the bumpers. And what I like from a teaching perspective, um, I found that, uh, and and we know this also from our voiceover scripts, there's a setup body and resolve. There always has to be a call to action. So I set up the problem in the beginning or establish it, and then I have a little uh, bumper, and then I then I go to here are ways, very specific, little tiny adjustments that can make a huge difference, and then have a little bumper, and then go to now here's your assignment. So every week, there or every episode, there's a new lesson to practice. And if you mm-hmm. work on those little micro learning moments, yeah. after a while, the idea was in 52 weeks in a year, you're going to be so much better. And, yeah. you know, and that's where they can find it on um, realtalkingtips.com, awesome. both the audio, video, and the, and the uh, story notes blog. Nice, nice. And so just taking it back to, to voiceovers, let's just talk about your voiceover career for a bit. So you, because <laughs> you, you, I mean, you've done voiceovers in all different areas of, of the industry, right? Yes, I'm kind of unique um, because, I mean, I started out as a, I guess I really started out in, in uh, radio sales and then in advertising, mm-hmm. looking at things from the other side. And then as a writer, uh, one of the things I did when I first started was uh, when I wanted clients, 
I just uh, connected with people and then I wrote copy and then would hire myself. And after a while, I, I started hiring other people and writing additional things. So I had a lot of jobs out there. So I have a certain amount of people that see me as a writer. Certain ones see me as, as uh, an audio engineer because I audio engineer. Other ones see me as a director. Other ones mm -hmm. see me as a caster, casting director. So I wear a lot of hats as, and yeah. I do on camera as well as voiceover. So I like the variety but it also can drive you crazy because yeah. you, you, I had, I was telling someone, some people um, recently, you know, all the stuff that I'd done. I said, but look, I didn't do that over three years. I did that over 40 yeah. years. Yeah. So it, you learn from it. I mean, I've, I've worked on about a hundred video games, uh, a couple hundred toys, um, like thousands of, of corporate industrials and e-learning. It's, you know, I started doing e-learning in the nineties. So yeah. uh, there, you know, and of course, tons of commercials, and I've done promos for for uh, TV stations and events. It's so it's it's about learning all the different styles and knowing when to adjust and how to adjust. So my system is to put it in the body because the body is where our history is. Uh -huh. If we know uh, a gesture and a movement and how we stand. All of a sudden, it accesses our personality and our history. But a lot of people give the power away to the microphone and the, the script. And so it becomes more important than the person who's telling the story. And I also love imperfection. And I'm really mm. good at imperfection. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> oh, <laughs> imperfection is perfect. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Beauty yeah. and imperfections. Yeah, so it's like uh, so I see things from all different angles, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the things I do is if I'm uh, a writer, I write. You know, if I'm an actor, I act, which I find that that's the easiest job because I just come in, I do it, I leave. But if I am um, producing, that's probably the hardest job, which requires more meetings and and putting a whole team together and and following it, and it can be kind of tense because mm -hmm. you're dealing with the dollars, and if it's uh, if I'm casting, uh, if it's an easy casting, it's great. Um, mm -hmm. If it's difficult, you have to then network and find out that uh, Lithuanian voice uh, that has a lisp. You're like, hmm, I don't know. what That needs to be realistic. And it's like, yeah. I don't know that many. Let me just see how. And then you just go out and you start networking with people to find something. Mm. Awesome. awesome. So everyone has an issue, has a problem, and so my every bit my my brain just keeps getting bigger and bigger when I want it to get a little tiny. <laughs> <laughs> what projects do you cast? Is it all different projects or all different? Later on in the week, I'll be um, directing and recording a video game. I've done a few audiobooks for people. Um, and I, I actually recorded my the version the audio version of voiceovers for podcasting, so that's kind of kind of cool and edited that. I have uh, I've already cast uh, people in toys uh, this year and in um, I mean I was supposed to do a really huge project um, and it's been on hold because of COVID and hopefully yeah. that will come back. But that one's going to hire hundreds of people. So I'm uh -huh. looking forward to that one, but it's just I yeah. have to clear my plate and just sort of go, okay, that one's going to be like dive in and you might not see the end of that for, you know, for a year. 
because I've yes. you know I've directed uh, the uh, an app for the male and the female version for the Japanese government for the Olympics. It's a um, it's a language app so people could find their way around um, Japan when they're going to the Olympics. So that was yeah. but that was each of those were like four or five month recording mm -hmm. projects and that were very 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 exact. Guys, we're just gonna take a short break while we hear from our wonderful sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. Today's episode is powered by the Audient ID14 Mark II. Audient has become a key player within the recording world, boasting a competitive range of studio essentials. Find out more by heading over to audient.com. This podcast is recorded using the Imperative Audio Portable Vocal Booth and is sponsored by StudioSpares.com, the UK's best single-source pro audio supplier, offering up to 20% discount on selected products to the VoiceOver Network members. Black Cat Acoustics, proud to be the UK distributor for the Studio Bricks VoiceOver Booths. Sennheiser supports you in your voiceover production with great sounding microphones and headphones. They are ideal for natural recordings and critical monitoring applications where they ensure that your voiceovers make the difference. And finally, I want to tell you about Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and Findaway validation. Download your exclusive Von 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Okay, and we're back. Um, thank you very much. Right, so I just wanted to ask you about what challenges have you faced in your career as a voiceover artist and how did you overcome them? Oh, I don't think this podcast is long enough, but I'll just tell you it's really about really about the reinvention of yourself. Yeah. Every I'd say every five years you have uh the the technology will change, the market will change, the attitudes will change, the uh, your focus will change, and you've gotten older, maybe even your voice will change. Mm -hmm. So how do you adapt to that? So yeah. I think constantly being aware and being willing to change. I know when I was in my my 20s, I think when I got into my early 30s, I, I was still doing like teenager stuff. I was like, oh, don't you just love my outfit? It's so cool. And I thought, if I do that one more time, I think I'm going to puke. So <laughs> I, I, you know, I told my agent, look, I can't play teenagers anymore. I'm just so tired of it. So, so then I, I grew up, you know, I could still do it, but I just didn't want to do that mm. anymore. Um, and one of the things is, especially when people go from being, uh, under 40 to over 40 is that under 40 it's about attitude because mm -hmm. you don't have as many life experiences and over 40 you have a lot of life experiences and more storytelling so yeah. i think when people are going through that transition time it's a really tough time because what was working doesn't work now yeah 
So that's that's a big thing. And I, you know, I'm in the midst of sort of repackaging myself right now. And I feel like I'm just starting all over in a way just because, you know, you have you wipe the slate clean and you Mm. start all over and say, I will do this. And then just more opportunities come your way. And I believe in the power of positive thinking. Definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Positive thinking and believing in yourself is mm-hmm. is key, is absolutely key. So in terms of, of voiceovers, you've been involved in a lot of training uh, and you've been very generous with your information. And I, you know, I'm a big believer in that and in, in sharing information and, and helping other people. How important is training, would you say, in, in voiceovers? Well, you absolutely have to be trained. I... I... I mean, when I first started, no one was really teaching classes. I, as far as I know, I was the first one uh, who started not only just an act uh, voiceover school, but also included acting improv and on camera. So I had the whole package of how to go out and and make money in the business. And when I started in 1980, um, that it was, uh, you know, just you'd go to, you know, you'd meet with somebody, maybe there were a handful of people who are doing stuff, and producers were willing and directors were willing to train you. Mm. They're not willing to train you anymore. And so you have to know it. And I had a, a saying in my office for many years that was the price of success is paid in advance. Yeah, I like And that. you, the, the challenge, I guess one of the biggest challenges I had coming from the stage background into voiceovers is that... I didn't really know what happened when I learned a part and I practiced with other actors and we worked on that for four to six weeks and then we put it up on a show with an audience and some sort of magical transformation happened Mm -hmm. and I couldn't put my finger on it. So when I got into voiceovers and they say, now it's you start the first read like it's opening night and after Mm -hmm. direction, it's closing night. Well, uh, being on stage, our first day of rehearsal was not that great. So mm. that's where I started and then said, well, now got to hang with me. In about two weeks, this job is going to be awesome. I know you want it recorded right now, but I'm not quite ready. And that's why I came up with a system that I call making it mine. And um, that, you know, cuts through the chase It just, you know, that I needed a way that was not logical, but it connected with my emotions. Mm-hmm. And so that's, whew. I mean, there there are so many challenges uh, of just finding yourself and how you put yourself in there. And I think another thing that people have issues with is rhythm changes. Yeah. Um, our reading conditioning is very different from how we speak, which has a lot of different rhythms. Mm-hmm. But we were trained maybe through through rote, you know, let's all say this together or whatever it was, that there's a steady pattern typically to when people read. So we hear that. And now we have to reprogram our heads and reprogram what we do so it sounds more conversational and everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all about the conversational natural read. Um, And that's, yeah, that's that's what's super hot at the moment, which is, um, yeah, fantastic. Good stuff. And what is it that you love about the voiceover industry? Um, people don't tell me to shut up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I like a challenge, and I think this is a challenge. I, yeah. I feel really confident in my knowledge and my experience. 
and I realize that I sit in a very unique place that has, mm-hmm. you know, uh, living in San Francisco, we were at the beginning of a lot of the technology, whether it was voicemail systems, they started there, and we learned about voicemail systems. And when, I, when the video game business came out, it was in people's garages, and I was I was writing the first copy of my book, and I asked mm-hmm. agents in New York and L.A. if they'd ever heard of a video game. They were like, I don't know what you're talking about, but we'd already had them for two or three years. So yeah. I was at the beginning stages of that of that process. And the same thing with you know, with e-learning and some of the other stuff, I just sort of like, I see it. And then it sort of becomes mainstream, you know, like five or 10 years later, which is just very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that having the variety of where it can go keeps me interested. If I was yeah. doing the same thing um, every day, I, I don't know of whether I would stay in the business. But I have a very, very creative mind. I have... I mean, I just wrote a play that I'm, I just was sending it off to my producer to try to get that up and going. And I have other book ideas that I've already started that are, that are, uh, fiction. So I have a lot of, and I have some half written, uh, screenplays because if you live in California, you have to have that. Um, so, uh, I just have a lot of ideas. You're, you're juggling a lot, but I do, you are absolutely a pioneer in the voiceover industry. So, um, yeah. It's because I'm old. <laughs> you've, no, you've, I mean, you've done, done so yeah. many incredible things. So, um, so what would you say is the key to success in voiceovers? Yes, and. Yes. So that's, I mean, it's really comes from the improv background uh, within, yeah. with, within limits. But, um, um. When something comes in, say that, that, you know, unless it just totally disagrees with your principles, uh, say yes, and then sit on it and let the answers come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, most of the stuff that I was doing, they say, okay, I'm like the first video game I directed had 120 characters. And yeah. said, can you do it? I went, sure. And then I went, holy moly, now I have to <laughs> uh, I have to cast this, and I have to direct it, and I have to yeah. budget it, and I have to time it out, and I have to figure out a lot of this other stuff. Mm. But amazingly, it happened because it's really, it really boils down to math yeah. and how you use your time and how yeah. you divvy that up. And that's why commercials are all math, whether it's a 10-second tag or a 60-second commercial. You know, it's knowing what that timing is and mm. how to steal time from one place and add it to another it makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been incredible to kind of have your your advice and to hear all about your amazing books and your apps and your podcast. Um, you've, yeah, so much great information. Um, do you want to share with everybody where people can find your details and buy your book? Uh, yes, if books? they just go to my website, elaineclarkvo.com. So E-L-A-I-N-E-C-L-A-R-K-V-O.com. I know this is in England when I go, go on an airplane when I used to. They go, clock without an E. How odd. But it does. It doesn't have an E at the end, and it's actually my husband's name. So, uh, But that's how if they just go there, if they can't remember that, go to realtalkingtips.com. It goes to the same location. And that way everything is just right there. And I also wanted to say something to 
uh, that it was really nice, and I want to thank you for connecting me with uh, Jason Allen Scott, who's yes. uh, who was a huge contributor. He's a friend of yours uh, yes. in the Voiceovers for Podcasting book, and he answered like thirty-seven amazing questions, uh, along with several other people in all different areas. So it's it's a good read, even, um, yes. just to understand the business, because I wrote it from a creative side. Yeah. And if you go through the bullet points of just here's the other stuff, just skip that if that's not, or just glance over that, because I wrote it so that I could glance at it and go, oh, I forgot to do this. I keep referring to my own book when I go, oh, I hit a problem. Oh, yeah, I got that on page 37. <laughs> oh, I can turn to page 58 or 120. You know, yeah. and the answer is there, which is really kind of nice. So I did yeah. all the research first and then and then wrote the book. So. Um, And I think before I did, I had a theater degree, then jumped into it and then learned as I went. And I learned uh, through the school of hard knocks and through coaching, you don't have to have as many hard knocks. Yeah. So that's the big difference. Absolutely. Training, training, coaching and uh, believing in yourself. Yeah. And writing, knowing what your issue is. I mean, what are your main issues? Yeah. So, but anyway, getting back to, to me again. Um, so, <laughs> elaineclarkvo.com. And if you look for the apps, just go to the app store and look up Elaine Clark and you'll find it there. Fantastic. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today on the VoiceOver Hour podcast. It's been an honor having you as a guest. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season two. Brought to you by The VoiceOver Network with special sponsors, Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode, bringing you more behind-the-scenes stories in the voiceover industry.